Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Okay, so we're going to be speaking with Murray Rankin coming up in our 7 o'clock hour about this big announcement yesterday. Let's talk about this UNDRIP action plan. Yeah, so this is something very, very ambitious that the B.C. government is trying to do. Uh, the United Nations uh, produced a Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Uh, it has 46 principles in it. And in late 2019, the B.C. legislature endorsed the, the, the Declaration and its principles and passed a law that committed British Columbia to reconciling provincial law, policy, regulations, programs with the UN principles. Very, very ambitious commitment. The law itself included a commitment to produce an action plan to say how that was going to happen. And finally, we got the action plan yesterday, released by the Premier. Uh, Murray Rankin was there, a bunch of First Nations leaders as well. So we have... I think the fairest thing you can say about it is we've started the journey uh, on a very, very ambitious agenda. Yeah, it touches on every ministry, yeah. doesn't it? Sure. Well, I mean, for example, there are 5,000 British Columbia laws and regulations that have to be redrafted or reconciled in some way with uh, Indigenous law, traditions, culture, practices. Um, every The other thing the government did yesterday, which which was new to me, is that <clears throat> Everything they do under this action plan has to be distinction-based. So what the hell does that mean? We ask them, they explain. Basically, that recognizes that British Columbia is more than 200 First Nations, plus the Métis people and Inuit who live here. Um, they don't all have the same law and culture and traditions and aspirations, so you sort of have to tailor what you do to every one of them. Uh, that gives you an idea how how ambitious this is. So it's a five-year plan, Simi. Um, I'd put a question mark over that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, um, and Murray Rankin said yesterday, well, well, you know, it's a real action plan. There are measurables. There are targets. There are things that you have to be judged on. That's true of some of the goals. It is certainly not true of all of them. Many of them are just commitments to get started. They're commitments to review, to update, to deploy. Um, you know, I'll give you one of the specific ones because that is measurable. Every First Nation community in British Columbia to be connected to the high-speed Internet. That's a, that's a good goal. It's doable, and we'll be able to measure that. A lot of the others we won't really be able to measure. It'll be debatable. Right, and this is going to go beyond whatever length of time this government is going to be in power. This is going to require commitments from many future governments. Yeah, that's true, you know. Uh, Rankin, who tried to be very optimistic yesterday and talk about, you know, as I said, an action plan with a lot of action in it, uh, said some of this stuff's going to take a generation. Um, I don't know how long you measure a generation. I used to hear it was seven years. I think it'll take a lot longer than that. Uh, it was an NDP federal MP, Romeo Saganash from Quebec, who originally put in a law in the federal parliament that would have committed Ottawa to this. And Saganash, in his legislation, had a 20-year time frame for his action plan. He was out here when B.C. passed its law. B.C. took the 20-year thing out because it sounded like it was some First Nations thought, oh, come on, you're going to drag your feet for another 20 years? 
But really, 20 years, we're going to be living with this for a long time. In fact, we may be living with this forever since reconciling 200 individual First Nations with one provincial government, uh, we may be living with this forever. Yeah, and that also, uh, there's also, I think, this perception that, okay, this is a whole new relationship yeah. with Indigenous groups in B.C., but that doesn't mean the end of disagreeing. Uh, that's true as well, and I mean, we can point to two examples that are right hanging out there right now. The first one is a standoff over the coastal gas link pipeline through northern British Columbia. Uh, police are there, uh, there are blockades, there's a big section of that gas pipeline that isn't built, and the government has been accused of ignoring the UNDRIP principle, one of which is you're not supposed to do anything on First Nations territory without First Nations consent. Well, you've got mixed consent up there. The hereditary chiefs who hold the title to the land oppose the project. A bunch of elected First Nations leaders support it. So there's one. There's another one unfolding in court at the moment. The government didn't really want to talk about this because it's before the courts. But this is a case where First Nation is claiming Nootka Island, and they're in court arguing that it's theirs, and they want title to it. The government is in court saying, yeah, we know you've lived there since time immemorial, but we don't think you have clear title to it because the island was shared with other First Nations. So Premier was asked about that yesterday, and he said, look, we're going to disagree. Uh, sometimes. Uh, well, we hope to keep those to a minimum, and this government certainly has tried to work out details, and in some cases it has produced some fairly impressive settlements, but that's going to be with us. I think, Simi, maybe the sharpest comment that was made yesterday was made by Adam Olson, who is himself First Nations and Green MLA for Saanich, and he looked over the plan, and he said, this is the groundwork for excuse-making. This is going to provide the basis for the government saying, hey, well, you know, we got started on this, but we didn't get it done. So it'll be interesting to see what Rankin says in response to that. So is it almost too ambitious? Is it too big in order to get it effectively done? Well, you know, one reason why successive British Columbia governments decided not to do, not to endorse UNDRIP, although the Liberals in opposition did finally come around and endorse it, uh, was the feeling that it was really too ambitious for British Columbia because Europeans settled British Columbia without treaties and without getting clear title and without getting First Nations to cede their land and sign it away. Uh, this was just too ambitious. There were 200 First Nations in British Columbia. Many of them, most of them, didn't have treaties. And they had significant traditional territory that was unseated. So the feeling was this is just too much. Uh, John Horgan, before the election, endorsed UNDRIP and said if he got into government, he was going to implement it. And he got into government, and he did implement it. And finally, the liberals looked at it and said, yeah, uh, we got to do this. We've been putting this off for more than 150 years, and it's time to get going on it. So, you know, I think all the parties in the House have the best of intentions on this. It's just that it is so complicated and so ambitious. And another thing, governments have to bring British Columbians along on this because they're... 
I think it's fair to say there are an awful lot of British Columbians who got to catch up on this thing and realize where we're headed and why. The price, though, if it doesn't go well, if there is a failure of some kind, is so high because, like, we know at the very least they're trying to do the right thing, but does it set things back if we can't deliver on these things? Uh, That's a good way to put it, Simi. I think, you know, the argument, and Mike Harcourt used to say this, you're talking about leveling up in terms of economic well-being, the poorest people in British Columbia, and they're really only, what, 5-6% of our population. So uh, what you're talking about is leveling them up economically, giving them control over their lives, and it is to be hoped that once you get there and get that done, uh, they will have a greater role participating in British Columbia. So there's where your good intentions are. The unknown question is how long will it take, uh, what do you do in the interim with the the real disputes that are still hanging out there? And we just talked about two of them. And I think that's where um, nobody knows. But I think I will say this. One five-year plan is not going to do it. We're going to be seeing a lot of these in our lifetimes and maybe beyond. What do you think is more realistic? I heard the 20-year time frame is what I think the original thing said, right? Yeah, that's what the Fed, that's what Romeo Saganash, who's, the, who's Cree and a federal NDP MP, and he tried to bring in a realistic plan, and he said 20 years. Look, I, I, the number may not matter. The main thing is, you know, the part that Rankin could point to, this is a concrete goal. We're going to make progress on this one and this one and this one. But there are 89 items in that action plan. And realistically, I don't think we'll get to the end of all 89 of them within five years or, for that matter, 10 years and who knows how long. We'll see. All right. We'll find out what he has to say. Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye.